On today's episode, we answer the questions that you, the fans, you bourbon lovers out there want to know. And yes, some answers burn a little more than the barrel proofs we've made. Join us. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Deadman and David Mark Young. Welcome to another episode of Blending Bourbon podcast sponsored by Golden Sheaf. My name is Dixon Deadman of 2XO Whiskey, joined as always by my friend, the pride of Omaha, the master blender of Golden Sheaf, who is only more famous because he's also trying to bring back the male belly button ring one <laughs> fan at a time. That's, that's David Mark Young. How are you, my man? I'm amazing. Dixon Deadman, how are you? Good. I'm, <laughs> Should I show I, you my latest uh-uh. belly button no, ring, no, my no, little no, 2XO belly no, button no, ring? No, we don't want to see the one with the little shamrock in it. It's it's St. <laughs> Patty's Day. I know we're not St. supposed Patty's to date Day. these, but... Right. Yeah, no, I'm I like it, it it's good. I I just um just had a little little wine lunch with my wife. It's Friday, St. Patty's Very Day. Nice. You know, I'm I'm firing on all cylinders here. That's fantastic. Go. Any drinking anything special for St. Patty's Day? Anything? Oh, no, we have this we have this great uh it's like well, we ate there, right? I take you to Copper and Oak, Copper and Oak. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, great place right next door it's awesome they i love it because the food is great and they got a couple wines on their menu and and i don't uh, either they bought huge case deals and so they can sell it for really cheap or or whatever but um we like this pinot out of uh california called flowers pinot noir and you know, we go other places and it's 110, $115 bottle there. It's like 60. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. You get the friends and family discount. I'm sure. I don't, but that's the menu price. I don't think they, <laughs> I don't get a discount anywhere, but you know, no, whatever. Nice. Sounds like a good St. Patrick's no, good. day. I, I cracked open some, some, uh, green spot, oh, green spot. Yeah. You're <clears> not <throat> wearing green. So clearly that's, um, you're drinking somewhere. green. I'm drinking green. Yeah. Drinking I literally, green, green. I got in my closet today. I was like, I, I don't have anything green. And my kids are, they're just like, oh, I can't wait to pinch the shit out of you. <laughs> and the only thing I have this green is this Bardstown Bourbon Company sweatshirt that um, Steve or Dan or Mark or somebody. And I was like, yeah, repping BBC today. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I, I might have green on somewhere. I don't know. I ate something green earlier, had a salad. Okay. So got green in me. Cool. Yeah. Well, so, great. you know, what was funny is um, talking yesterday and talking about a potential show topic and then trying to figure out if that was too controversial or whether that was going to offend anybody or whether, we, you know, whatever. And, and, and what, what's, what's amazing is that, that, you know, you, you were able to, or, or have captured these images of, of some of these comments, questions, feedback, you know, whatever that we've got from, again, from the 8.64 people that listen to the show. <laughs> it and goes I, up and down. You know, we're, and, 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 you know, I'm, I think you're traveling next week. I'm in California all next week. And so we, we, we kind of tried to get a, get another recording in here because we're going to miss next week. And, and it was really cool because I thought, yeah, maybe these people have, have some great things they want to hear about, or maybe not. And then you sent me those (laughs) things and I was like, this is awesome. This is, this is amazing. Like, let's, let's do this. We need to do this more often. If people are really, you know, um, really sending this stuff in. So, um, 
I think the more we like, I've got these screenshots that you sent me and I think we just hammer through as many of them as we can. And then what we don't get to this time, we, we, we move on to the next time we want to do this. What do you, what do you think about that? I think that's a great plan. Yeah. Our, um, our potentially controversial topic was, it, it just depends how it comes out, you know, in organic conversation. But, um, I like this, this idea and, Admittedly, um, we've had these. We, so th- some of these comments go back. You know, this is just a compilation of. Um, well, you can't. I mean, they, they're all not current. We only have eight people that listen to the show. So. <laughs> so it's like half a question a week. Yeah. Um, I th- so, so these are also compiled from YouTube and across the other social media platforms and, and um, audio platforms. So. No, I think it's awesome. Like, let's be those people that answer the questions. Yeah. Like, let's, well, you let's know, be those people that respond to. Let's engage. Well, we said we were going to, you know, we wanted to hear from our, our audience. I yeah. think initially just to see if anybody was listening, but, but also. That's, that's, that's. <laughs> that was our litmus test. Hey, what do you want to know? Crickets. Um, no, we got a lot of, we, we had a lot of volunteers. And so we did, we responded, we brought in, we did a random drawing. We brought a, um, subscriber listener, um, audience member on, and that episode will air soon. Um, probably perhaps before this episode. And also we asked for feedback. So yeah, let's, let's engage, um, answer some of these questions. All right. First one I got here. This is, this is just screenshots you sent me. This is from Tennessee Jed. Tennessee Jed. Tennessee Jed. Tennessee Jed. Yeah. Um, the confiscated, confiscated story is so crazy. Would love to know more about what they were distilling there at the time. If anyone knows mash bill, barrel entry proof, etc. What really made pre-prohibition bourbon different than today and what labels, if any, that whiskey was being used for other than KO Kentucky Owl also would be interested to know more about the issue you referenced with sourcing and pricing for confiscated. All right, let's split those up. It's a lot of questions. Um, yeah, no, no. well, which is cool because I have, I don't know if I told this on, on here before or not, but there was a couple, um, from Cincinnati that contacted me one time. I think I have told this story on here before, but they, they, they're from Cincinnati and this guy is like old, old school collector, been in the game for a long time. Like they just seek out estate sales and they just go when there's whiskey, you know, to, to buy. I don't think he told this. So they contacted me and said, Hey, you know, I, we'd like to come down and have dinner with you at the old Owl tavern, which is, you know, part of Beaumont Inn, which is what I had then. And I said, okay, great. And they said, we'd like for your dad to come. And I said, okay, I'll, get him there. So we sit down at the table and have a nice little dinner and just talk about, and they're, they're like, this guy is way before people were collecting dusties. And, you know, I mean, this guy was just, it was his thing. It's, you know, like people have things and like the OG. Yeah. But he wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't to profit from it. It wasn't to sell it. It wasn't to move it. It wasn't because I'm going to buy, like I'm going into these old liquor stores to flip this bottle. Like this guy just, he's a historian. Basically he's a whiskey historian. He's like a Chet Zeller, you know, so he brings out, I I know the first thing, like there was a, I have the pictures of my phone, but it's an old overhold. There was, three or four things from the teens, you know, right around turn of the century, early 1900s stuff. And we finished dinner and he says, the reason I brought you here is this. And he pulls out this little half pint and it's a, it's a, it's a half pint and it's a bottle and the label says 
Hudson triple X. And it says, um, Kentucky whiskey. I think it's just Kentucky whiskey. I wish I had it here. It's at my house. It's Kentucky whiskey. And I was like, well, that's, that's kind of cool. I, you know, I don't, never really heard of it. I don't know much about it. Obviously somebody's recently bought the name to Hudson and, you know, turned it into something. And then he flips it over and the back label copy says produced and distilled by the CM Deadman distilling company. Wow. You know, Oregon, Kentucky, whatever. So basically for the first time in my life, I was, I mean, this is probably 10 ish years ago. Okay. I I'd seen an empty bottle, but I was presented with whiskey that was distilled by my great, great grandfather. Wow. And to make it even better, we were in the, in the end and my father was right there with me. Wow. And you know, we like, he, he poured it into some glasses and I remember, you know, I still to this day, it's one of the coolest moments of my life. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm holding a whiskey. I'm holding a glass of whiskey that was distilled by my great, great grandfather at the site that I, you know, I grew up, I grew up playing and what, you know, whatever. And, and that's cool. It was the whiskey itself forgettable is a nice way of describing it. Like it was a corn whiskey. There was nothing exciting about it. It was not exceptional. It wasn't like, Oh, I need to channel or whatever, but it was just so incredible, monumental. Cheersing my dad with that glass after all that, you know, after everything, it it was, it was, it was, it was one of the coolest moments of my life. Um, wow. to, to taste that. I still have, um, I still, he gave me that bottle. There's oh, about wow. half of that left. Um, I think, you know, that's, that's a, that's those pours I will say for each of my children when they turn 21, like mm-hmm. we're going to have a drink of this. This was distilled by your great, great, great grandfather. Wow. Um, so, so, so what time cool frame? What, 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 what year? The, the stuff roughly, I was have that, that was distilled in 1906 and bottled in 1913. <sighs> oh man. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so it's, exciting. It's, so I love that. To answer Tennessee Jed's question, they were, they were making stuff for Kentucky Owl, but also obviously doing some contract distilling for other brands i i that's the only one that i know of it was hudson triple x um was what i what i had and and on the back it said um you know distilled by cm deadman which that's really cool really freaking cool do you have other data as far as like price points and um quantities no no we had all that stuff and and what's funny um so we, I have a lot of, have, truthfully, I have boxes. Um, I got one right behind me. <laughs> I have boxes of, of stuff that they found, like my family stuff and, and, and the bourbon stuff they found. Um, but a lot of the, a lot of the specific distillery information uh, was in the office there and there was a huge flood and i think the 30s mm. the 30s and it it took the office out and washed everything away oh no so but i mean but you have some stuff no i i mean i've got i've got random historical records here boxes i mean you would that's so cool. I love that. This says. Oh, awesome. This says 
inventory taken by somebody September 30th, 1892. Wow. This is... That's really uh, cool. Look, Mattingly <clears throat> and Moore Distillery. Wow. Um, oh, here's a cool one. Tell me this isn't cool. Can you see this? <laughs> that's awesome. Old granddad. Wow. That's incredible. B.B. Hayden and Co.'s Nelson County Old Granddad Handmade Sour Mash. This is Hobbs, Kentucky, April 18th, 1893. This letter. Wow. 1893. That's cool. Man. Yeah, you got to get that stuff preserved to the put in plastic or behind glass yeah. or something. No, I mean, it's, I, I've got, the... I've got boxes. I've got files of <clears> this stuff. Yeah. That's cool stuff. Makes me want to rip out my old bottles and things I've got laying around. Yeah. That's cool stuff. Do you, do, do you get into that? Do you, you get out and try? I mean, you have this stuff because it's from, you know, your family lineage, but, um, Outside of that, are you nostalgic with those things? I, I mean, I've been in your your place there, and you got some cool stuff, but it's all, um, you know, we tasted some pre-prohibition. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just neat. Like, it just makes you feel like what you're doing is a part of something, you know, bigger than, oh, I'm just releasing a brand. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... yeah. Well, yeah, here's something to think about, you know, a hundred years from now, when somebody's, you know, digging up a construction site, they're going to come across some, you know, some 2XO swag or some, you know, some old relic 2XO bottles or some, you know, right. Kentucky Owl bottles for that matter. I think that's kind of cool to think about when you dig up some old, I'm going to grab my old bottles here too. They're just right here. Yeah. What other questions? Or, right. or was there a follow up to that so, one? No. Well, there was, but let's 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 move on. Um, not move on. We'll come back to like Tennessee. Jed has some legit yeah, questions. There's quite a few. I, yeah, I like where it, I, I I need to spend some time with Tennessee. We need to get Tennessee Jed on the show. Let's do it. Uh, Jason Harris. Yep. Jason Harris says, as part of the nine followers, so he's clearly a listener. <laughs> Um, the favorite part of his week is the uploads would like to get y'all's view. Do you believe the whiskey community is overlooking the opportunity to proof down off the shelf bottles and therefore potentially discover a new favorite bottle that the community at large is assuming that the bottling proof and flavors is the only experience to be had. I think that's a freaking amazing question. And I'm going to take that a step further, Jason, because I was Mr. Barrel Proof for a long time. Like, you know, the first seven things, uh, the first thing I ever released that was not Barrel Proof was batch one of Kentucky Owl Rye. Um, but I, I'm actually going to toss this to you Mr. Belly Button Ring, because <laughs> you, you know, you're kind of still. And I think, I think that's how you earn your salt, right? Like that's part of how you earn your, earn your chops is because there is nothing that you can hide at barrel proof. Barrel proof is barrel proof right. there. You know, there, there's no, if it's, you know, yeah, when you start proving things down and start, you know, you know, whatever that, but but you're right now like most of what you're doing right is is that barrel proof is that proof. I mean, you've started to cut some stuff down, right? But I mean, that's your part first, of my process. Yeah, your first things were, but I, no, I cut them I, down. I I cut them down to the, so that's my part of my process is I'll you know, blend them and then, okay, they're, so I have barrel strength of everything that I've blended, you know, 
put aside, but you know, bourbon batch one, for example, the original recipe, the weeded bourbon was, uh, I have a bottle of it, it was 129 proof barrel strength. Oh, and okay. I brought it down to 103. Okay, never mind. You're a cheater. Um, well, kidding. I, but, but, no, you know, but I've, I've got I, that's that I think the genesis of his question is, <clears throat> and it's funny because, like, when we, the marketing people I work with, they're always like, how do you, how do you recommend people drinking? However, they want to drink it. I don't know, with Diet Coke, with Mountain Dew. I don't care, you know, with on a cube of ice, neat, whatever. But his point is very valid. It's Responsibly. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> In moderation. Uh, but his point is very valid. Is It's just that. Like, okay, you know, you, let's say batch one gold chief. You put it together... And you loved what happened at 129 proof. You felt like it presented itself properly in the way you wanted it represented at 103 proof. Right? Is that accurate? I felt like that was its maximum for the flavor profile I was targeting. Yeah, that before you hit that peak. washout point, like that's where it was, like that's where it jammed. It 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 showed, and it it you know, it peaked. Yeah. But then, do you think? How do you feel about the fact that a consumer is going to go in there and look at that and say, "I don't like things over ninety five, so." I'm going to pass on this, even though it may be fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or they would have preferred it at 129 proof. That's just it. You're going to get, you know, varied opinions. So I'm, this is, you know, where it becomes my work, my design. And, you know, I, I did, several batches where that, that was my process. Okay. You know, we, we blend it, we, we hit certain, you know, it, it, and it, for me, it's, you know, back and forth. Okay. We, we, you know, work on flavor profile then we go back to proof and I'll, you know, proof it down and then do blinds, taste it, you know, at higher proof and then perhaps tweak the, Oh, well, we found this at this proof point. Maybe we alter the blend a little bit. You know, that's the, the high level long-term process. But once we get the, the flavor profile, get the batch blended. And this is kind of what we were talking about earlier. I was talking about dynamic blending a little bit. Um, then we start to proof it down and find the sweet spot and, and, and go even be below that because maybe it'll peak again somewhere else. But I always go back to, you know, and kind of work and find the middle. So, but just recently we pulled something, we pulled stuff out of the barrel, we blended it up, started proofing it down. It, it, it was not, improving it was getting flat and it was um you know one of the guys suggested hey man this is barrel strength like you know let's put that on the label too and it it was you know a little bit less proof than the previous batch i had just released but true story it came out of the barrel at that proof and so that's all right cool we're gonna call it barrel strength so it doesn't have to be proof down for me it's got to be at the right proof for that particular flavor profile or that particular blend yeah, I, I mean, my answer to Jason would be, I'm just looking for where it it hits for me. Like that's that that's that's what I'm after. Um, and it's funny. It's like the one I just did, and it's coming out of the Innkeepers Blend. You know, I talked to a guy on my team. And he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I put it on a big cube and cut it with water. And he was like, you know, this, this is, this is, this, this just slams for me. He was like, you know, the, the Phoenix was great, but it was a little bit light. It wasn't, a, you know, and, cause that's the way he drinks it. He drinks it with a little bit of water on a cube. He's like, you know, this one, it's got a little more spice, a little more kick, a little more, you know, body and whatever. It's like, that's great. 
I mean, I, I love it. I, uh, you know, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside, but <laughs> the reality is like, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't, I think that, and he's asking about the whiskey community. Yeah. And I think, and I would hope, and I would like for the whiskey community to realize that just because the way it comes to you in the bottle, like that doesn't mean that's how you have to consume it. Right. And, and, right. and spirits are just different, you know, like, yeah, you know, you're not going to open a bottle of wine and cut it with water. I mean, maybe people do. I, I don't know. We don't. <laughs> Orange but, juice. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I, I think when you make something like you have to understand, like that's, that's what you, that's what it is for you. That's where it lands for you. That's what makes you happy. Right. Um, but you want people to buy it and consume it in the way that makes them happy. And it doesn't offend the producer, the maker, the blender, the distiller or whatever. Right. If, if you, it's yours, it's yours to do exactly what you want to do with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's an, so compare that to uh, food, right? You go to a restaurant and you order a, a filet, um, but you have condiments, you got salt and sugar and pepper and, you know, steak sauce or, you know, things to add to it, complement it with whiskey. It's what, what, what do you have? I mean, you, you can incorporate it into a cocktail, but you get, you know, whatever that recipe is, or you've got ice, you know, and that that's it. So, yeah. I, I get that, but I've spent 20 something years in the restaurant business. You know what, you know what I learned about the restaurant business? This margins are tight. Like margins yeah. are tight. You're just trying yeah. to make money. Right. And I remember having chefs and they would throw a friggin' fit because somebody ordered this steak. That, that same filet you're talking about, they, they want it butterflied and well done and they wanted a one with it. Right. <laughs> and they like the the chef would throw a fit. I mean, just pissed off. Mm -hmm. And and I would sit there and I'd be like, okay, man, let me tell you a little secret. When you cook that steak, however you're gonna cook it, medium rare as you would prefer, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and, 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 or you cook it to boot leather. Do you know yeah. what? Our, our profit is the same, right? We are, you know, the goal is, you know, we're trying to make money here. I'm not saying that, you know, like I'm not trying to turn this into like, we're trying to, but, but, right, but right. the reality is like, you can't, you can't from the, uh, from the perspective of the person who made the whiskey or the perspective of the person who cooked the steak or whatever, like don't try to tell somebody how they need to enjoy it. Right. That's the way, they, you know, but at the end of the day, the the medium rare fillet that you're so proud of and the well done fillet that you hate the cost the same the cost the same yeah and we're in the business of making people happy so make people happy give them what they want you know i i mean if somebody says i want I, we used to have these guys so in the you know, near where we were, there was this, this, um, Japanese owned automotive plant. This is early. This is early, like 2006, 2007, 2008. We'd have these guys, they'd come in, um, and they would drink, they would, 
I, I think then a shot of Pappy 23 was like maybe $15, $16 in our bar. Okay. And they would just walk up to the bar and take shots of Pappy 23 and chase it with Budweiser. Yeah. And we'd wow. have all these you know, people that'd be like, what, what is going on here? It's like, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, that it makes them happy. They're, they're happy. Everybody's yeah. happy. Like I'm not, <laughs> why, why am I in a position to be like, Oh, well you're not doing it right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who are, who, who are you to say that they they're tasting it wrong? Yeah. yeah that reminds me of, uh, I listened to the happy land audiobook recently and there's a, a scenario that they describe where it's, um, you know, Julian and, and, uh, Preston in there, I think they're New York and they order some Pappy the way they drink Pappy. And maybe you're familiar with exactly, cause I'm going to screw it up, but they order it like on ice with a twist of lemon or something or, but, but that's how Julian Van Winkle and Preston Van Winkle drink happy. That's how their, you know, grandfather drank it. And, and, and the guy said, the guy, the guy at the bar, and I totally screw this story up, but he, you know, he was judgmental and said, Oh, you, you don't realize what you're drinking here. And, you know, this is Pappy Van Winkle. And, you know, and they said, uh, well, this is how we drink it. And he says, well, you know, that's the wrong way. And he's like, well, this is how my granddaddy drank it. And he's, you know, Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> and, you know, the guy's like, Oh, well, shit, put my shoe in my mouth. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's preference, right? It's not, this is how, it's no, supposed well, to be I, so enjoyed. Yeah, you know, to to Jason, I would say. I remember one of the first events that we did at at the tavern. Um. Was was with a man named Elmer T. Lee, who was just. Iconic, iconic and super cool yeah. and and yeah i mean just but that's like, cool you know jimmy russell's kind of a big like and, and just when he walks in a room he's like a big personality um jim rutledge big personality um Bill Samuels, there is no larger personality than Bill Samuels. <laughs> like he, that dude just, he commands a room. He exudes it. Um, I thought Dixon Deadman was Elmer was, was slightly under, I shouldn't say understated, but he was just, he was just, you know, he's, he just wasn't this like grandiose, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I remember doing an event with Elmer. Um and and we you know, and I'd known him for a long time. He's just he's that like really cool, genuine grandfatherly, but like the cool grandfatherly guy that probably when you were fourteen would have been like, Come here. I want you to take a sip of this and tell me what you think. <laughs> this will put hair on your chest. You know, he's like, yeah. but, but what, what's funny is like, we had this, um, this thing set up and we were going to go through Buffalo trace and Eagle rare and Blanton's and Rock Hill farms. And maybe like a lot B 12 year old or a Weller or something, you know, and, and like this guy was about to go out there and talk about the nuances of each of these whiskeys and all this stuff. And, and, and truthfully like this story, you know, is, is, is for, is for, for Jason before he would go on stage or go to talk or whatever he's like, you know, he, he wanted uh, ancient age. And he's like, I need, I gotta have my, I got my toddy. And it was, it was an <laughs> ancient age and ginger ale and a tall glass. 
and he wow. normally have one or two of those before he went and talked. And it's like, mm. okay, so this guy, I mean, that was it's primed. Like, yeah, but it was also to me, it was like, okay, this guy who's going to go up there and talk about, you know, the, some of the top whiskeys and, you know, his drink was, you know, was, was ancient age and ginger and a tall glass. It's like, yeah. Okay. It doesn't <laughs> keep it, you know, keep it simple, make it what you want it to be. Like make yeah. it, well, yeah, make it right his, for you, you know, his desirable beverage. But I, I, I mean, when, when I hear that, I think, you know, just this last week, we, we had done so much blending and, you know, for future batches and all this, you know, experimenting and, and then, you know, putting blends in bottles. And I, and I told you my, my palates burn out. It's my first time experiencing palate burnout. So, you know, maybe, maybe I can only imagine after, you know, doing this for so long, that's a fairly routine thing. And you want something that's got flavor in it. You know, it's, that's where that ginger comes in. I've, I've always claimed I, I mean, to be a I purist. I don't have flavor burnout. I have, like, I've got total palate, like, see you later. Can't taste anything. You know, I, <laughs> it, well, it's not even, it's like, oh, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, like, if you were in cool, finance though. and somebody's like, I, you know, I need you to you know, balance your checkbook, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much like, yeah. Yeah. Don't say the word number. Yeah. Well, those are, those are badass stories. Those are cool. That's, that's the, that's history. You know, I mean, it, it, nobody can say that going forward, you know, about Elmer T. Lee and, um, you know, and I know you, I know you've just to your right there in that case, you've got a, um, signed bottle of Elmer T. Lee, um, I forget the the significance, but I know that's a pretty special bottle that you have there. So that's that's some that's some good good insight. Good, and you're a good storyteller, Dixon. Um, no, I just kind of make it up as I go. You know, I have. I, I, told I have you a. Before, you know, my, <laughs> my grandfather always said, "You know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story." So I yeah. All right. So I have an one easy more. question. Easy one question, real you. quick. One more, oh, one more for me. I, I have an easy one. This is a. This was a. Where did this come in from? This was from the 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 Nola folks. Then the, this is quick and easy. Um, will you guys be coming to the New Orleans Bourbon Festival? And I think it's next week. The short answer is sadly no, um, unfortunately. But there was there was a request to come do the podcast at the New Orleans bourbon festival and dude come. i was all about that I was, I was actually supposed to be at the new orleans bourbon fest and then it got shut down with covid we were going to do this yeah. like crazy kentucky all thing down there um those guys are awesome i don't know if you if you've connected with this guy um instagram he's like at bourbon and rye club mikey yeah, yeah that's that's who asked the question mikey is um yeah, Mikey's kind of he's like who I want to be when I grow up. He's just and and part of that is because he's so damn cool and part of that's because I don't think I can look cool in a um like a bowling jersey like he does like he's just they're just I, it's just they're just amazing people but I I I I don't get home from California until late um Friday night and we were, they said, Hey, can you tack on a couple more days? And I was like, I can, but I think I'll be divorced if I don't <laughs> uh, get yeah. home. But that, you know, New Orleans bourbon society is supposed to be you know, really amazing. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah, I haven't made it there. there. Not because anybody gives two flips about me, but because I would just like to experience it. Yeah. Let's, let's, Maybe we can get down there. We've talked about a road show or um, getting uh, getting down to New Orleans or get, getting somewhere on location doing something. Maybe we can uh, 
show up in New Orleans, do an event sometime. All right. Last one. You have last one. You have only a few minutes to answer this question, but this is directed at you. Also, Mm. David, you said you had some barrels not turning out how you hoped. Maybe you and Dixon could explain what you do in that situation or plan to do. Do you move them or rotate them? Do you start looking at a double oak or other finishing? Or do you just leave it alone and cross your fingers? So, David, <laughs> All the above. you buy barrels and you think they're good and then they suck. What do you do? Oh, um, you know, we've... So I have a couple barrels that we've we've set aside because they're going to be long term. Um, so we've rebarreled them. Um, it, and unfortunately, these are aged product, you know, upwards of double digits, and rebarreled them in um, some new barrels, and then added some. Uh, we we went the uh, efficient route and chopped up some new staves and added them to the barrel as well. And I, and I actually tried one of them um, this past week, and surprisingly, it's it's coming around. It's it's actually going in in a as if we have some sort of magic power to to force it in a direction. Um, it just had kind of a um oh. A, uh, too too much of a, a corn uh, mashy flavor to it, Ye- yeast kind of you know bready type of type of flavor was just over the top, and you know we we we, we tinkered around with it a little bit, we you know incorporated it into some blends, but it it stuck out. It had this kind of like high. Um, almost like a bad corn mash funk to it. It was really, really strange. Um, but it seems to be, um, working out, you know, we've, we've, um, acquired some of those Oak cubes, um, infused Oak cubes. And we've tried that in other barrels. Um, but, but typically a rebarreling and then just putting it up on a high shelf, give it some heat and, and let it kind of, you know, absorb let that oak absorb the the juice and see how it changes and um so i'm hopeful and feeling good that it's going in the right direction i was i was really concerned that we had just lost this barrel due to something that was out of our control you know i was fearful that as we dumped it the first time that you know rusty nail was going to come out of it or something um it just had and i don't know unnatural weird kind of kind of flavor to it but um yeah that's what that's what we've done um and and then blending you know the power of blending that's that's one thing i love about blending is is i'm always finding things that have potential i think are good they they, they always have to meet certain criteria they have to be you know good to a certain level but but can we improve them so um unfortunately we've ended up with things that weren't great and have had to kind of work with them a little bit and they, you know, it's a, it's an investment thing too. So it's, you hate to think, Oh gosh, this is yeah, the longer like, we have that, this that's thing. The part of it. It's funny. It's like, I, I don't know how many, like one time we bought, I shouldn't say we bought, but I was provided samples of this product and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can work with it. Like it's, it's something that it has an element that we can work with. And essentially, I think somewhere between six and 8% of the barrels that we got, like they were coming in in truckloads and six to 8% of the barrels were just a stack of staves and metal rings. Like they weren't even, they were not only were they empty, but they weren't even in the physical form of a barrel. They were just like, and you know, and, and I said, Dixon, what do we do about this? And I was like, I, 
do I look like the legal department? Like I'm the <laughs> furthest thing from the legal department. I, um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how the, you know, what you worked out in this deal or whatever, but for me, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of times when I get something and I say, Hey, this isn't what I thought it was going to be, or this isn't, what I expected it to be, or this isn't, you know, whatever I, my, your, your natural impulse and your natural instinct is to say, how do we change it? Which is the correct, probably, you know, move. Um, but then, you know, what I've, kind of decided and learned is also it's like, okay, how, you know, how does this react to some other things that may also have different flaws? Like, do they, do they play well together? Do they jive? Does, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily need to look at everything I have and say, this is perfect. And then I'm going to take five perfect things and I'm going to put them together and it's going to even be perfecter. No, no. Um, you know, before I ever start fooling around with stuff, I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just see how this works with this. Like this. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a little over oaked. It's a little musty. It's got a little too, you know, that, that tannin sensation. But if we put this with something that's super spicy and has a lot of kind of fruit forward notes and lives, you know, like what do they do? Like, how do they play? Right. Like, how does that? So I've, I, on more than one occasion, Actually, there's I. People really want old Kentucky all stories. I got a really good one, uh, but for another day. But um, you know, like I, I just when you when you're really blending, when you're really assimilating different components, it's a real mistake to taste something and say, "Hey." this doesn't work. I need to change it because a lot of times you can actually take that stuff and pair it, partner it with something else. And, and it may be just fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I heard a podcast recently that you, you were on and th there were a lot of things that stood out. But one thing you said was, um, it was kind of, I think the question was what, you know, what you strive toward or, you know, what you look for in a good, uh, blend and complexity was basically the answer and same. However, I've, I've realized more and more that there's such thing as too much complexity. It, it, it can get, it can get too complex and, and then it just, it's, it's, you know, your stories of math, not adding up one and one don't, don't add up to two. And it, it's, it gets real, real wonky. It gets really, really upside down and, um, it's true. and it's kind of hit or miss, but, uh, but, but it's challenging. It's fun. No, it's I, totally I, true, but it, it is, I, I, I stand by this and I'll say this and then, you know, I'll tell you, I love you and we'll ride off into the sunset, but you know, it's not the biggest part of what you do and what, you know, what I do or what we're challenged with and is having the confidence to say, this is where we stop. This is where it yeah. ends. This is, you know, this is, this is it. And like that, you know, that, that's hard. That's like tough. You can, it is hard. If you're, if you're not, if you're not confident in what you're doing and, and what you're, you know, whatever, then you'll just keep searching, right? You'll just keep saying, well, this isn't right. I'm going to, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to take a step further. I'm going to go here. I'm going to add this. I'm going to do that. But you know, and that's, that's really, you know, that, that's what makes, um, this and what we do 
difficult, but also that's the challenge of it is the ability to say, I, here it is. Here yeah. it is. Yeah. Like this, this is, is the one, this is the one that's going to get the, right. Be the final, final blend and everybody gets to, yeah, that's tough. That's a lot of, it's probably, you know, self pressure, but, but yeah, that's, that's tough. And then, um, but then, you know, survey says, okay, great. You, you, you get some good feedback and, uh, consumers are happy and, <laughs> I know you got a pup crawl going on there. Sorry, I got, I got people leaving. I got people coming bring in. Bring people in. Things. Bring them in. So um, let them say hi to them on the podcast. No, <laughs> this is not. This is not the crew you want on the podcast. No. All right. I gotta go. Good. This is great. Let's wrap it up. This is great. Let's wrap it up. I just want to share these. Oh, you, you inspired me. Bottles. I know. Pulled out awesome. your. Yeah, we're getting all his. Uh, um, Getting all historical here, but yeah, this has been a great talk. Let's let's carry this over. We'll talk about some of these. We got pages and pages of of yeah, notes and, um, and love and the feedback. Guys, Keep, I mean, let me uh, keep the feedback Tennessee coming in. Jed, um, Jason Harris. We got, we got a lot. Jason Harris, Chris. We got to get Chris. Chris Actually, Elise. we need to have Chris on the show. We need to get Chris. Chris Elise. Uh, I hope I'm saying that name correctly but we need to get him on yeah, for sure yeah that dude's awesome yeah but, we've got yeah. A, right. a bunch Cheers, of awesome bro. that's just it is we've got a bunch of awesome subscribers yeah so let's let's do it let's get them on this yeah, has been I, awesome you know, Cheers to quality you. over quantity i'd rather have it i'd is. rather have seven you know quality subscribers than three hundred thousand. you know quantity yeah like, right let's, right yeah Right on, right on. Happy St. Pat's, brother. Cheers. Yep. Don't forget to like, Cheers, subscribe, comment, share all the things. If you have questions for us, send them to us. We will talk about them. We will engage with you. And we want to hear what you want to hear. Cheers. Cheers, bro.